This is Michael Como. That was AC Young. This is my partner, Andy Cummins. We'll be talking about top high schools, top colleges, everything around football <coughs> this weekend. Um, Nebraska at Colorado. Um, Colorado won on a field goal in overtime. AJ Martinez had a strong performance, though, with 290 yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Montez also had a strong outing with 375 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. The next game is Texas A&M at Clemson. Lawrence, good performance this week, but um, 268 yards for a Heisman watch is just not going to cut. He has to get at least three hundo. Uh, Kellen Mond had a strong performance, uh, also throwing for 268 yards, but they still fell to Clemson, and I feel like that just strictly has to do with because Clemson is probably the best team in college football right now. Clemson has one of the best defenses, holding Texas A&M to a 53 rushing yards. And uh, that D-line is fully constructed, losing all four of their starters. Uh, next thing we have is LSU versus Texas. I feel like this is the best quarterback battle we have with Ellinger versus Burrow. Two of them were Davey O'Brien Award watch list um, candidates during the preseason. Um LSU has, or is known as DBU, with having the best defensive backs coming out of their school. And Texas has the best Big 12 defense, but the Big 12 is not a defensive conference. The final game tonight is uh, Oregon versus Nevada. See how Herbert bounces back from losing to a true freshman in Bo Nix. And see how Nevada does coming off their comeback win. I felt like that was a great game for Nevada to show that they can compete with higher level teams. They played a power five team in Purdue and was down 31 to seven and came back to win 34, 31 off a field goal. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't have a terrible game last week, but for him to be a uh, Davy O'Brien award watch list and a Heisman watch kind of a player, I feel like he needs to, win this game and show why he should be on that list. Heisman leaders. We have uh, Jake Fromm, Hertz, and Tua. Uh, they are all top. Those three are top quarterbacks going into this year and most likely the draft. Um, you can see any of those players probably going in the first round, depending on if they win a Heisman or not. Um, every one of those players have a team that can contend for the college football playoff if it's Oklahoma, Alabama, and Georgia. And then Heisman watches our sleepers for this year. We have Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, <laughs> and Chenault from Colorado. I feel like for Herbert and Fields, they um, have something to prove. Herbert has to prove that he can come off of that win, come off of that loss, and come back with the win and show that that Oregon team is still a top 25 team in the country where Justin Fields has to prove that he's better than Fromm and that Georgia made the mistake not starting him, which is why he transferred. So he has a lot riding on this season to do well. Chenault has to stay healthy because before he got injured, he led the uh, NCAA in every single receiving, receiving stat with receptions, reception yards, and touchdowns. So... I feel like if he can stay healthy and those two can prove what they need to, those could easily be 
the final four. They can be in the final four for the Heisman. On to high school football. Um, we'll talk about the top teams in Colorado where we are. Uh, first is Valor Christian up in Highlands Ranch. They're basically a 6A school. They um, went to Carolina and beat one of the top teams out there, and they just went to Texas this weekend. No, Texas came to them. Oh, Texas came here. Um, the next team is Cherry Creek High School and how their offensive line will do, losing two starters who are both D1 players. Um, um, I feel like their um, O-line will recover good. They still have a really good senior O-lineman in Carson Lee. He's committed to CU. I feel like he has a lot of leadership and can really help that team. With also a new quarterback there, um, Julian Hammond. He is taking over a longtime starter in Alex Padilla, who just committed to Iowa and is now up there. And I feel like with that kind of leadership that Carson Lee has, he can keep that team rolling on pace and competing for uh, another state championship. Also with Creek is they have another returning starter in Domingo Prince, who's a big boy, to say the least. Um, but we'll see how he does playing tackle instead of guard this year. And someone to watch from that Creek team is Arden Walker. He is a defensive end who has multiple Division One offers and I think might be one of the best players in the state of Colorado. Next is uh, our local Eagle Crest High School. Great team. Um, should score more, though. Um, and we'll see how Max Marsh and Ty Robinson will connect this year. Two of the best players in their class. And uh, we'll see what they can do. Uh, uh, for uh, the rest of Eagle Crest, they've came off of two wins, both against top ten teams when they played. Fountain Fort Carson as of yesterday night and Highlands Ranch beating a great quarterback in Jake Rubley. That was a really good game to be a part of and the Fountain Fort Carson game was as well. Uh, the next team we have is Grandview. They are a top five, top ten team every single year. They always have great athletes. Their coaching staff is always a top-notch coaching staff no matter how you cut it. Uh, I feel like that coaching staff can lead them to wins just strictly off of how good they can be or like they can always bring the best out of their players. They have really good players like Noah Schmidt, Colton Martin, Jacob Burr. Their O-line is big and strong and they're ready to fight. Along with them is uh, they have a very young team. A lot of kids in my 2022 class are... Um, playing for them and starting but uh, we'll see what they can do this year they just beat Highlands Ranch 42 to 7 um, and it's just great coaching and a great defense they have every year top players of the week last year uh, last, week. last week Frick. Um, Shale Adipo intercepted Jake Rubley twice and had about 11 tackles Jake Rubley has 27 offers, and he's the number three quarterback in the class of 2020. 21. 2021. Ranked by ESPN. Um, another top performer was uh, Nico Markiel. He's the number five total quarterback in the class of 2022, the number two pro style. He had a 316-yard gain against number five ranked Pomona, moving them up in the rankings from, I think, either 12th or 13th to 8th. Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel like that was a good thing to prove for him, showing that he is actually a top quarterback in his class, and I agree with it. Yes, he's a very good uh, football player. Um, he's a big boy, too, and there's a lot of sophomores on that Regis team who have really stepped up and are competing for starting jobs and have a lot of offers. So another player is Aiden Atkinson, 340 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions um, for Fairview, who also have the top defensive end in the 2021 class. In the state of Colorado, Braden Wood, coming off of a few offers and a really good sophomore season, I think that he'll be ready to make a better himself and show what kind of work he's been putting in. And as for Aiden Atkinson, he is the number one quarterback in the state of Colorado for 2020. He is committed to um, Northwestern, and he just is a stats kind of a guy. I mean, if you look at him from the last couple years, he always is leading. I know at one point last year through, I think, week nine, he led the country in passing yards and touchdowns. On the top commits for uh, the 2020 class is a six foot six, 290-pound Reese Atterbury, committed to Michigan, and he'll probably start at right tackle as a true freshman. Um, next, we have Aiden Ikanea. His nickname is AK. Uh, he's committed to Notre Dame. He's a huge, huge D lineman, super talented, super strong. He has very fast. He has a great he has a great work ethic. He's super strong. I mean, I don't think there's really any lineman that can beat him every play. Obviously they're gonna share it, but I feel like that's a great pickup for Notre Dame. Um, he's a great defensive lineman and one of the nicest people you'll meet. Uh, next is Cole Taylor. Um, how he'll shine for LSU, sixth ranked this year, and uh, six seven two hundred and twenty pounds. He's a big boy. Lost his quarterback, but he should really shine the next couple years at LSU in his senior year. <coughs> and on to NFL, Packers Bears. Um, so for me, with that Packers Bear game, I had the Packers winning the whole time. Um, I don't think anybody else really had them winning, but I did. And when I saw them come out with the win, it was a really good game. Uh, if you like defense, that was the game to watch. Uh, just a lot of a lot of great plays were made on defense. Um, for both teams, um, you really didn't expect the Packers to have the great defense they had in that game. Um, but... Both teams showed out. It was 10-3 Packers and uh, one of the MVP candidates and Aaron Rodgers. Didn't have the best day, but his defense got it done and he made plays when he needed to. Um, for me, with other MVP candidates this year, I feel like you have to put in running back Todd Gurley. I feel like even though they've been talking about his knee injury and all this stuff about him not being healthy, uh, Sean McVay said it himself that he is he is 100%, and I feel like when Todd Gurley is 100%, there's very few players that can stop him. An MVP candidate for me, it's a long shot, but I have Baker Mayfield with the receiving core he has this year and um, Hollywood, um, Jarvis Landry and OBJ, and David Njoku. He should be able to put up some big numbers and uh, see what 
he can do taking them to the playoffs and being that leader? I feel like an obvious, an obvious choice is uh, your reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes. He's coming back with the same wide receiver core, practically the same team that he had last year, minus his defense. But offensively, I feel like he's going to put up really similar stats. I feel like it's going to be hard to repeat 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, but I feel like he'll be close to those stats again. Um, and then talking about Andrew Luck, he was my top MVP candidate for this year, but um, he had bigger, better things to do, and I'm fine with that because, you know, we all want our mental health and physical health. But um, another top story from today, Antonio Brown, he's been having troubles with his helmet, his attitude, everything with the Raiders, and he just got released today. Uh, with that... There's been a lot with Antonio Brown. I feel like he turned into easily the biggest diva in the NFL. Uh, the, Ra- the Raiders were patient with him, like when he went into the biofreeze chamber for recovery and somehow forgot to wear the sock things and frosted and got frostbite on his feet. And they were they were patient with him. And then when he refused to wear helmets until he got paid by a helmet sponsorship, they still they still were patient with him but then he stopped showing up to mandatory practices and then he got in a fight with his GM Mike Mayock and crossed the line and then when he asked to be released he got picked up almost immediately once they did I mean literally like within an hour of being released he got he signed a deal with the New England Patriots which I feel like if there's one team that can humble him is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I don't feel like there's a duo as good as them that can humble a player as cocky as Antonio Brown is right now. I think that um, matchup will be uh, great with them. Um, AB is on my fantasy team, and it's great to have him, especially with the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Upcoming games for the NFL are... We'll see how Saquon Barkley can Saquon Barkley can redo what he did his rookie year and prove that he should be a top running back in the NFL. Which to me, I feel like when you have someone as good as Saquon Barkley, he might be the top running back in the NFL. So um, some games are um, we have the Titans versus Browns. Uh, that'll be kickoff uh, one o'clock. Yeah, predictions. Uh, that's kickoff for 1 o'clock for most of you guys, but that's 11 for us, so we're going to be referring to it as 11. Uh, 11 o'clock, we have the Titans versus Browns. I have the Browns winning this one, 24-14. I feel like Baker Mayfield's going to come and have a strong performance and show why he was a rookie of the year. I feel like the Browns are going to win, and I feel like Baker will have a big day um, hitting OBJ and Jarvis Landry and see what they can do. I think the score will be 31-10. Game number two, we have Ravens versus Dolphins. I feel like it's an obvious choice. I have the Ravens winning it. Uh, Lamar Jackson has to prove that he is better than Joe Flacco, and I mean, if you watch him play, I think that he is, but he still has to prove it because he only did play in seven games last year. But the Dolphins are not looking to be a very good team this year. And I feel like it'll be a walk in the park. I have 
uh, the Ravens winning 35-7. to seven. Um, I want to see what Fitzmagic can do since he always shows up in the first five games of the year. But um, we'll see what he can do. Hopefully Josh Rosen might get in. Um, I loved him at UCLA, and I'm glad he's getting a new start with the Dolphins. But I also have the Ravens winning because Lamar Jackson is a talent and see what he can do with his young receiving core. Um, I have them winning 24-17. Another thing about that Ravens is I feel like they do have probably one of the top defensive back cores in the nation. A lot of real, I mean, not in the nation, in the NFL. They have a lot of really good players. Uh, next game we have... One more thing about the Ravens game is they have <coughs> Eric Berry and they have Mark Ingram. Let's see what Mark Ingram can do this weekend. Um against that Dolphins defense that has traded away most of their players. And I think what he meant by Eric Berry was, uh, I think he meant... Um, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, that's his My name. My bad, sorry. But we're good. Uh, the next game we have is the Falcons versus the Vikings. Uh, this is probably the best game that we've read through the two. I have the Falcons. Uh, the Vikings are a really good team, but I feel like their quarterback with Kirk Cousins won't get it done. The Falcons do have a good defense. They have a good wide receiver core, a good quarterback, and a good running back. Um, I have the Vikings. I think their defense will show up, and I don't know how much Julio will impact since he didn't score for the first eight games last year. But um, I have the Vikings 20-13. to 13. And I have the Falcons 17-10. to 10. Next game is not a very exciting one, but we'll see what um, Le'Veon Bell can do with his new team. Um, we have the Bills and Jets. Uh, I have the Jets winning 24-0. Uh, the Bills are just not a very good football team, and the Jets have Quinnen Williams, who is one of the best pickups from last year's draft and great talent at defensive tackle. Uh, that's where I disagree. I have the Bills winning. I feel like that defense is top five in the NFL with a great defense with great defensive backs, a really good D line, and really good linebacker talent. I have the score being twenty four to fourteen Bills. The next game is Redskins Eagles, and I think this should be a blowout for the Eagles, especially with the defense they have. They always show up when they need to and the Redskins not knowing who they're ever going to put in at quarterback. But we'll see what Carson Wentz can do coming off his ACL injury. Um, I have the Eagles winning 35-10. to 10. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, my prediction is 35-10 to 10 also. Uh, the next game is Rams-Panthers. Um, we're from Colorado. Of course, we like Christian McCaffrey. But the Rams are just the best team in the NFC. And they'll show why this weekend versus the Panthers. But one player to watch is Cam Newton and how he will come back um, after injuring his shoulder last year. And doing good in the first eight games and just not doing too hot in the last six he played. That's what I think with the Panthers also is. you got to watch Cam Newton. With that shoulder injury, the Panthers did draft Will Greer for in case they need to play a backup quarterback. So I feel like 
he needs to be on his A game before they figure out if Will Greer really is better. Uh, the coaches did say that Will Greer was competing for a a spot to compete with Cam Newton, so I feel like Cam Newton can't have a a bad season if he wants to keep playing and starting for that Panthers organization. I have the Rams winning 28-24. to 24. I have the Rams also winning um, 31-20. Uh, next game we have is Chiefs versus Jaguars. I have the Chiefs. They have the reigning MVP. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Damian Williams, who I feel like is an underrated running back. Their defense has a lot to desire, but they do have the Honey Badger, which is a game changer. I feel like the Chiefs will end up winning, regardless of that Jaguars defense being so solid. Uh, about, I'd say, 35 to... No, I'm actually going to go 42 to 21. Um, I don't think the Jaguars have much offense, but they do have a new quarterback in Nick Foles. See what he can do there in his first year, but... Again, the reigning MVP, and um, it's just all defense with that Chiefs, so I think um, 42-14 Chiefs. The next game is Colts-Chargers. So uh, if this was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I'd, I'd have the Colts winning, but I haven't seen Jacoby Brissett win enough games through all the times he started when he got hurt when Alec, when uh, Andrew Luck got hurt and he had a start. And the Chargers do have a really good team, a really good offense and defense. So I feel like without Andrew Luck, this Chargers team will win. <laughs> this Chargers team will win 28-14. to 14. Um, I also have the Chargers winning. Um, no Melvin Gordon, but they do have Austin Eckler, who hopefully will have a big game and we'll see what happens there, but um, I have the Chargers winning 24-13. Another thing with the whole Chargers thing is uh, Melvin Gordon is putting himself in a bad situation not signing. Austin Eckler has shown to be a, a good running back in the, all the chances that he has played, and if he has a good game, I don't see the Chargers ex- trying to like extend him anytime yeah, soon. Or give him a bigger contract like he's expecting. Next next game on the list is Bengals-Seahawks, which should be an absolute blowout. Bengals are one of the worst teams in the league, and uh, the Seahawks have one of the best quarterbacks and the best inside linebacker in the league. Um, it's just all about competition. and Wait, not competition. Um, it's just all about how they will do uh, the Seahawks' defense. We'll see if Shaquem Griffin can get a pick with his non-hand, just like in Madden. But uh, the Bengals do suck. Andy Dalton sucks too. But um, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I agree. I have Seahawks winning 31-7. to That offense minus A.J. Green. They have Joe Mixon, who will probably get their touchdown, but Andrew Luchas hasn't been the same senses. Yeah, Andy, what did I say? He said Andy, like, oh. or something. <laughs> Andy Dalton hasn't really been the same in, what, since his first two years, mm-hmm. so. Um, he was a great talent, but uh, I have the Seahawks winning 40-3. to three. 
The next game is Giants-Cowboys, and I am a huge Barkley fan. I loved him at Penn State, even though he beat Nebraska all the time. But he should run all over that uh, Cowboys defense. <coughs> he should at least get 100-plus yards. But, again, the Cowboys have Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And, Smith. and that D-line <coughs> has always been good the last couple years. And Cowboys got their running back back. They got Ezekiel Elliott on the extension. And uh, we'll see what Dak Prescott can do. I have the Giants winning that game. I think um, that Eli Manning, I know he's not the best, but at this point in time, now he has something to prove. Because if he has a bad game, has a bad start, they'd have Daniel Jones who they can throw in there, and he can't let that happen, and he knows that mentally. So I feel like he'll be on his A game. Uh, They have... A decent receiving core. Uh, they have the what might be the best running back in the league. Their defense is okay, but I feel like the Giants will come out. It'll be a close one. I have uh, 17-14 Giants. Uh, I think Eli Manning will really step up and uh, not perform in the first quarter and get Daniel Jones in there, and Daniel Jones will win this game for the Giants uh, 24-10. Next game, we have the Lions and the Cardinals. Now, if there's a game not to watch, it's this the Lions versus the Cardinals. This is that game. But uh, I, I do like Kyler Murray a lot, and I do want to see what he can do. Um, I feel like he is a good leader, especially for being as young as he is. Uh, he had a pretty good preseason, and I have them upsetting the Lions 17-10. Uh, to 10. I have the uh, Cardinals also upsetting. We'll see what Kyler Murray can do in his uh, first regular season debut. Um, I have them winning 17-14. Next game is the 49ers-Buccaneers, and I feel like this should be an easy game for the 49ers to win. The Buccaneers' defense has a lot to desire. Their offense has a lot to desire. So I really... I feel like they have too, the Buccaneers have too many holes for the 49ers to lose this game. I have 28-7 49ers. I think the 49ers should roll over, um, seeing how Garoppolo does after his uh, misfortunate um, knee injury last year. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, 49ers, probably 27-7. The next game is going to be really interesting. Steelers-Patriots. Antonio Brown is re- is it returning to Pittsburgh? Yep. Antonio Brown is... No. no. Uh, Pittsburgh is at New England. But it'll but. be his first game playing his old team, which they thought would probably be later in the season until he demanded a release from a team who was going to make him one of the most paid receivers in NFL history. But I guess you can say he's not doing it for the money then. Sorry, guys. I guess you can say he's not doing it for the money then, but I have the Patriots winning. I mean, that team does its stack now, with especially with the signing of Antonio Brown. That did great coaching. I don't know if Antonio Brown will play that much, but it is a great coach team, and I have them winning. It'll be a close game, uh, 21-17. Um, I do not have it being a close game. Uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady, um, probably the best quarterback to ever play in the National Football League, or at least in the top three. 
Um, he should roll right over that Steelers defense. And uh, um, I have the Patriots winning 34-10. Uh, now we have the Monday night, the first Monday night game, the Texans versus the Saints. Uh, I have the Saints winning, but I feel like that could be a pretty good game. The Texans do have a good offense with Deshaun Watson, who's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, who I feel like is the number one receiver in the NFL. And Will Fuller. I feel like that team can do a lot. They did lose Lamar Miller in the preseason, and that's going to be a big blow. And I think that'll be one reason why the Saints team will win 35-21. The Texans do have a good defense, but they also traded away to Davion Clowney. And I feel like the Saints team will will win. I think uh, the Texans will win. It's a bold prediction, but they just got one of the best left tackles in the league. They got um, they got a good running back after losing Lamar Miller, and we'll see what their defense can do against the Saints, having the. The second, the t- a top three quarterback in the league and one of the best receivers in Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara. Yep. Um, they're stacked. But I have the Texans winning 24 uh, 20. Now, I, uh, Broncos versus Raiders. I'll let Mikey talk first on this one. Um, I am a Broncos fan, but we have not been good since Peyton Manning left and John Elway cannot draft. But um, it should be. An easy win for the Broncos, especially with the GOAT quarterback they have, uh, Joe Flacco. Um, But um, the Raiders losing their top receiver and being rattled because one of their uh, quote-unquote leaders um, has been a big baby, and he's not on the team anymore. But um, the Broncos are young. They have that young receiving core who had a big year last year. Everyone... A lot of them had a big year last year, and they should step it up even more with Emmanuel Sanders being there. But um, we'll see what that duo, the outside linebackers, can do also, Von Miller and Chubb. Uh, for me, as my bold prediction is the Raiders are going to win. <laughs> I don't think Mikey agrees, but I feel like with Mike Mayock and Gruden leading a team, that can be a, a scary good team. I know they lost Antonio Brown, but honestly, I feel like that team might be better mentally with um, a player like that gone. Uh, if I feel like all they have to do is contain Philip Lindsay, and I know that's not easy to do, but if they can contain Philip Lindsay, uh, I feel like Flacco will be out of the game, and I honestly feel like Drew Drew Locke will get to step in in the second half. Uh, here's my prediction: if Flacco plays the whole game, Raiders win uh, 21-14. Lock plays, uh, I have it uh, 21-24 Broncos. So, just depends on if Drew Lock plays. I think Drew Lock is a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco is more experienced and a better leader, but Drew Lock has him um, a little bit more talent-wise, and we'll see what that rookie tight end can do for the Broncos, Noah Fant. But I have the Broncos winning 44-0. to Wow. All right. Just, uh, I was just kidding. Um, um, I have the Broncos winning 24-17. Uh, so now we are into our arguments section where we will be talking about things that we disagree with. It can be 
college, NFL, whatever it is. Uh, the first topic will be... Our first topic of the day will be, for the argument section, we'll be arguing about if Le'Veon Bell will have a productive year for the New York Jets this season. Uh, I think he's going to have a... He's not going to have a good year this year. He's not going to be the same guy he ever was in Pittsburgh. It's not even going to be close. And personally, I think there's nothing different that will happen this year with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, will put up 2,000 at least yards receiving and running this season. I'm expecting about... I'd say 1,600 rushing yards at least. I'd hope he'd get about 700 to 800 receiving yards. And I personally think that he'll be a top four running back, top three. And uh, my partner here disagrees. Yeah, so that's not going to happen. He doesn't have the same type of quarterback as Big Ben. He doesn't have the same type of O-line. He doesn't have the same type of other playmakers like him. All the defense is going to be focused on Le'Veon Bell because they don't have a guy like Antonio Brown that they can get the ball to, so they're forced to get it to Le'Veon Bell, which you could think would pad the stats, but that's just going to leave more. They're going to be more focused on him. He doesn't have the same quarterback that's getting him the ball, and he doesn't have the same O-line that can protect for him like he did in Pittsburgh. And see, I think that the Jets – well, the defense has to stay on their toes, and the Jets, well, they'll just exploit every single defense that focuses too much on Le'Veon Bell. They make too many schemes about Le'Veon Bell and trying to contain him that they'll beat him in the air, and teams will start to learn that. And they, the Jets do have weapons at receiver. They have it's Robbie not as, Anderson. They have Robbie Anderson. That's their only threat, and he's not good at receiver. He's good at speed. Yeah, but That's guys – when they're in one-on-one coverage, there are certain things that DBs can't do, even with less productive receivers when you're, they're loading the box. The, Sam Darnold is an accurate quarterback, and these are not scrubs at receivers. They are not as good as the receivers on, on the Steelers, but they'll make plays when the teams facing the Jets this year will focus too much on one guy. And when defenses start – to play back a little bit and let Le'Veon do his thing, that is when Le'Veon will be most dangerous. And I feel like he there's not too much of a gap. He won't do significantly worse just because more players will be focused on Players focused on him more than anything when he was very productive in Pittsburgh, and it won't change this season in my opinion. Okay, let's. Uh, I'm going to compare this with Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Marshawn Lynch took a year off for retirement, but during that – year he came back and he was not the same player he was the main guy for Oakland their main playmaker just like Le'Veon is they both took a year off and they're both downgraded quarterbacks and O-linemen if Marshawn Lynch who is known to be one of the toughest hardest to tackle and strongest um, running backs can't have the same can't be as productive as he used to be I don't think Le'Veon Bell can Le'Veon's not 36 years old Okay, neither is Marshawn Lynch. And he, was, he wasn't back then anyways. He was probably what? He was in his 30s. But I'm telling you that. If the, what Marshawn Lynch was before he retired to that next year, that's a one-year difference where he didn't play and he lost his step. And I think Le'Veon Bell's going to lose his step too. I mean, either way, we'll see what happens this week. 
That'll be it for our argument stage. On to our next thing. Hi folks, this is Anthony Bars with Game Day Recap. Today we'll, right now we will be going <laughs> right now we'll be going through the all of the games that went on today from the ACC all the way down to probably the Mountain West. Right now we'll start with we'll go by conference. We'll start with the ACC, and I'll be giving a grade per conference how each team did, and as a whole of the conference I'll give them a grade A to F. Let's see here, ACC. I'd say the ACC a week ago, they did all right. Um, Clemson showed dominance with their huge win over Georgia Tech. This week, they beat Texas A&M 24-10. Solid game by Trevor Lawrence, so we could go through two interceptions, not a good outing. This week, Trevor Lawrence almost similarly threw an interception. 268 passing yards, but that's also playing a whole entire half. Trevor Lawrence has really not done – he really hasn't done anything to really show he's the Heisman favorite so far this year. Florida State – Florida State's having issues. A week ago they lost to Boise State. They only beat Louisiana Monroe by one point in overtime, 45-44. Very shocking start of the season for Florida State. Miami – in a tight one right now in North Carolina, a week ago losing to Florida. They've been solid. North Carolina was solid last week versus South Carolina. And Georgia Tech beating USF by four. USF's not a good team. And Georgia Tech only winning by four and losing by over 40 a week ago to, to Clemson. Georgia Tech's not a good football team. Personally, I don't think the ACC has done anything spectacular. They lost to Syracuse, lost to Maryland, 63-20. to Pittsburgh barely beats Ohio. And I'd say the rest of the conference has done decent. I'd say the ACC, I'd give them a B or a C plus. Um, Big 12, I'd say the Big 12 is doing okay. Texas is in a t decently tight game versus LSU, down 43-31 as of right now. West Virginia lost to a team that was manhandled most of the game versus Wyoming a week ago. Missouri beat West Virginia 38-7 today. And sure, Missouri played angry this week. They were angry that they lost to a mediocre Mountain West team. I'd say they have, they have a good roster. I feel like Missouri will still go about 8-4 this year, possibly 7-5. That's a good football team, and I don't – have anything against what Wyoming did a week ago, but Missouri destroying West Virginia is something that doesn't show the Big 12. Does well the Big 12? They other than West, I mean West Virginia is projected to be the worst team in the Big 12 this year by the Football Power Index, ESPN Power Rankings, whatever you see. Texas Tech blowing out UTEP, Kansas State blowing out Bowling Green. You got all these big Big 12 teams beating mid-major conference teams, and the Big 12 didn't have much competition this week. I give the Big 12 a B plus, A minus. Every team did good this week except for West Virginia, and as of right now, Texas is losing LSU. That's a damn good Texas football team, though. 
Um, let's do the Pac-12 next. Pac-12. There is a Pac-12 matchup right now, Stanford versus USC. Stanford winning 14-3 right now, a solid team. I fully expect Stanford to win that game. USC playing with a freshman quarterback. The game of the week, in my opinion, Nebraska versus, well, the best game for other than Texas A&M, Clemson. Colorado versus Nebraska. Hell of a game. We went over this earlier in the broadcast. Nebraska was up 17-0 for nearly three whole quarters. CU comes roaring back, and they bring the game to overtime. Nebraska misses a field goal to bring into double overtime, and CU comes out up 34-31. Huge shocking game. A lot of people thought Nebraska would win this one. Overall, the Pac-12 has played very good today. Oregon beat Nevada 77-6. Nevada is not a pushover. They beat Purdue, who's one of the better teams in the Big Ten a week ago, 38-35. And Oregon beat this team by 71 points. Justin Herbert has a huge game, and he, he only played a half. In a half of football, he threw for 310 yards and five touchdowns. And Oregon defense, keeping Nevada to six. Purdue let them score 38 a week ago. And that's that. I mean, and well, other games in the Pac-12, Northern Illinois, Utah. Northern Illinois was beating Utah most of the game. Utah pretty much woke up. I mean, f fourth quarter, down 17-14, scored 21 unanswered to win 35-17. Um, we have late night games just starting right now. Hawaii, Oregon State, Washington, Cal. Those are two of the three worst teams in the Pac-12. I personally, Washington will destroy Cal. And Hawaii beating Arizona a week ago, I fully expect Oregon State to be walked all over by Hawaii. Don't be surprised if Oregon State loses to Hawaii by over three touchdowns. Worst game of the Pac-12 this week, San Diego State-UCLA. San Diego State beat UCLA and Dorian Thompson-Robinson 23-14. On the road, San Diego State upsets UCLA. Arizona beat Northern Arizona, not a surprise there. I'd say the Pac-12 this week, <laughs> I'd say a C-minus because of UCLA losing a home game to San Diego State. That's a good San Diego State team. But other than the top two teams in the conference, and plus CU beating Nebraska, the Pac-12 was mediocre. <coughs> a week ago, USC almost losing to Fresno State. And I'd say the Pac-12, the bottom of the Pac-12 is not good. As of right now, Arizona losing to Hawaii a week ago. The Pac-12 is not good, at, not as good as the Big 12, ACC, or SEC, and not even close to the Big Ten, in my opinion. I think they're the fifth-ranked conference in the Power Five. Speaking of the Big Ten, let's see their games this week. Michigan in a dogfight against Army, 24-21. I thought Army should have won that game. They had a turnover that let Michigan get right back in it. Army was driving down the field, could have went up 21-7 late in the third quarter. Michigan got a scoop and – no, I don't think it was a scoop and score. I think it was a pick six. Took it all the way back, tied it up 
went up t- and won in overtime, 24-21. Maryland with a huge win, like I said earlier, 63-20 to over number 21 in the nation, <coughs> Syracuse. Iowa beating Big Ten Rutgers, 30-0. Nebraska losing to CU, a game they should have won. They played good most of the game. Not a bad CU team. Nebraska fought well. Penn State beating Buffalo. Michigan State beating Western Michigan. All these Big Ten teams got wins, except for Nebraska. Purdue beating Vanderbilt 42-24. to That's a bad SEC team losing to a mediocre Big Ten team that lost to a Mountain West team a week ago. And... Fresno State playing Minnesota right now, losing 7 to nothing. The Big Ten had a good week, not a great week. To their standards, I'd say they got a B. It would have been lower if it weren't for Maryland beating Syracuse 63-20. to Last but not least, the SEC for the Power Five conferences. LSU beating Texas right now. Just got a safety to go up 45-31. Missouri beating West Virginia 38-7. Surprising since they lost to Wyoming a week ago. South Carolina blowouts Charleston Southern. Vanderbilt losing to Purdue, 42-24. A&M did not have a good game against Clemson. They were down 24-3 until they scored late in the game. Not a, It was a decent showing for an SEC team. That's the fourth best SEC team in the country. And Clemson... Did pretty much what they did against Alabama last year. Doesn't surprise me. Georgia and Alabama taking care of business. Tennessee lost at home to BYU. And sure, BYU is a solid team. Then Tennessee fought hard, win to double overtime, 29-26. But Tennessee lost a week ago to Georgia State. And their only way to make up for that loss was to win this game against BYU, and they didn't. No matter how close of a game this was, Tennessee's now 0-2, and they're not representing the, the SEC well. That is a program that should be winning a lot more games than it is. And ever since Josh, Joshua Hobbs left the University of Tennessee, they have been horrible. Kentucky being Eastern Michigan, 38-17. Auburn just, just beat ten, Tulane, 24-6. And that game was 14-6 at halftime. Auburn needs to score more points than that against Tulane. A, a very lazy Auburn offense for most of the game. That's a young quarterback. Bo Nix threw for 270 yards, but also only had a completion rating of 49%. Really not a great game for <coughs> Auburn. Still got the job done. And Florida, 45 nothing over UT Martin, not a surprise. We did have one SEC matchup, Arkansas versus Ole Miss. Those are the two worst, two of the three worst teams in the SEC, and it's not even close. Tennessee right now is probably the worst team in the SEC. But Arkansas losing 17-31 in Ole Miss, that could be a battle for the two worst teams in the SEC, a battle of scrubs pretty much. They barely beat Portland State a week ago, 20-13. to Again, they're up 14-13 most of the game. And 
Arkansas losing 31-17 against Ole Miss. Them losing, they were down 31-20 at one point, 31-10 at one point. Ole Miss is projected to go 3-9 this year. Arkansas is projected to go 2-10 this year by the Football Power Index. And the bottom of the SEC is probably the worst bottom of a conference than any other conference in the Power Five. The top of the SEC is as strong as ever, and with that comes the bottom of the SEC that is not going to be good this year. And Kentucky beating Eastern Michigan 38-17, that's a team that I thought personally could be kind of poor this year. They're starting off 2-0. and We'll see how they do how they do during the season. I, I give the SEC a B, maybe B plus. They had a solid week as of, as like every other um, <coughs> conference in the Power Five. All five conferences had their ups and downs. I'd say SEC had their least amount of problem, problems. And last but not least, I'll do an extra conference here just because they beat four Power Five teams a week ago, and they could very much add on to that this week. San Diego State beat UCLA 23-14. That marks seventh out of the last eight times the Mountain West team has played a Power Five team they've won. The Mountain West Conference is on the rise. Last week, Boise State beating Florida State. Purdue losing to Nevada. Hawaii beating Arizona. And personally, I think that this is a Mountain West Conference that the top of the conference can compete with pretty much half of the Pac-12, a few teams in the Big Ten. They're not on the level of the SEC. Watch out for a sleeper game next week, Arkansas versus CSU. Every single week for the next two weeks, you will see a Mountain West team beat a Power 5 team. Minnesota will be on the ropes with Fresno State this week. Fresno State was on the ropes against USC a week ago. Should have came out of that game with a win. The only Mountain West game this week that did not represent the conference well against a Power 5 opponent, Nevada losing to Oregon 77-6. to And it's not good whenever you have a team lose by 71 points. <laughs> To anybody, like even if even if it's Oregon, they let Justin Herbert throw five touchdowns in the first twenty minutes of the game. That game was over before it even started. Before Nevada even woke up, and even when Nevada woke up, they still couldn't stop Oregon's third-string quarterback. That's how bad Nevada played. Nevada beat Purdue 38-35 a week ago. Wyoming beating Missouri last week. Missouri goes out and beats a Big 12 team by 31. West Virginia is not a bad football program. Missouri lost to Wyoming 37-31 a week ago. Kelly Bryant threw four interceptions. And Wyoming this week barely gets past Texas State. Every week's a different week. Every, any given Sunday... For this, for this point, every, every given Saturday, and every conference has its ups and downs, the Mountain West, 
Friday night, Boise State barely beats Marshall. Marshall's a good football team. Probably one of my most favorite movies. We Are Marshall. Everyone loves that movie. And you got, you got close games against mediocre teams. At the end of the day, a win's a win. Santa's, there's going to be teams on the bottom of the conference that are going to play poor, teams at the top of the conference that are going to play poor. San Jose State losing to Tulsa by 17. UNLV losing to Arkansas State by 20. And I'm, te- I'm, I'm telling you guys, Hawaii will beat Oregon State by at least 21 points tonight. And it's not going to be close. Hawaii has one of the best quarterbacks in the country that you do not know. Cole McDonald averages 400 passing yards a game. And he was on the watch list for the Heisman Trophy a year ago. And you can relate, you can compare the the American Conference and the Mountain West all you want. They're both conferences that can compete with the Power Five. And they do not get the money, they do not get the revenue that those teams and those conferences make. They are not as big of schools, but they just have the pure willpower, the want to beat these teams. And every single week you'll see, as long as it's non-conference play, play, you will see an American conference team or Mountain West team upset Power 5 teams. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Come back uh, next episode to hear some more things about a new week of college, high school, and NFL football. Yes, sir. We love you. Peace.